God's called us to reach and teach. Reaching, of course, as we said, re- involves relationship. And then teaching. Teaching is where you cause somebody to learn something by example and by experience. That's the only way that we've seen that we can truly reach the Thai people is by living out the gospel in front of them, before them. And this morning, I want to share several things with you about what you guys are investing in, what's going on in Thailand, but there's also a word that God's placed on my heart. So I'm going to kind of weave these things, sort of our experiences in Thailand and a word that he's placed on my heart, and it revolves around, as you see in your notes, the preparation of God. And we're going to look at the preparation of God really maybe from two, three, four angles. And before we kind of get going, why don't we go ahead and read our main text in Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40, uh, verse 3. We're going to start in verse 3. And I'm reading, I hope you don't mind, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, listen, it's the voice of someone shouting, clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God. Fill in the valleys and level the mountains and hills. Straighten the curves and smooth out the rough places. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all the people, all people will see it together. The Lord has spoken. A voice said, shout. And I asked, what should I shout? Shout that people are like the grass. Their beauty fades as quickly as the flowers in a field. The grass withers and the flowers fade beneath the breath of the Lord. And so it is with people. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. O Zion, messenger of good news, shout from the mountaintop. Shout it louder, O Jerusalem. Shout and do not be afraid. Tell the towns of Judah your God is coming. Yes, the sovereign Lord is coming in power. He will rule with a powerful arm. See, he brings his reward with him as he comes. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. He will gently lead the mother sheep with their young. And I know you guys recognize several of these verses, some of these things. If you've you've seen it in the New Testament, Peter quoted some of this. And of course, we know Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, each of the gospel writers quoted um, this verse, verse 3, of course, in connection with John the Baptist. John the Baptist was the forerunner to Jesus. Whenever God wants to do something in the earth, he has to prepare that, prepare the environment for that to take place. Sometimes that preparation can take generations. Sometimes it takes maybe just a short, very short period of time. As you know, God is eternal. So no time, time does not really matter with God. So God, before he does something, he prepares the way. Before Jesus came, he had someone go before him to prepare the way. The Lord laid this entire chapter on our heart quite a while ago and he said I want you to speak this word out in preparation for you as you move to a new Thai village and so we've been speaking this out oftentimes when we have our family Bible time at night us and the girls you know Elise is 10 years old Esther is 4 and um, so we'll gather together and do a little family time and we may read some some of the Bible and we might read something else and then we'll pray and oftentimes We will speak some of this out. And it's in reference to God preparing the way for his work and what he wants to do in the Donkai village. Donkai is is a Thai village. It has been there for several hundred years. It's in the city of Chiang Mai. Chiang Mai was founded in the year 1296. 
and it actually means new city. So it's not new to us, but to the Asians, that's not very old. And the Thai village of Donkai is several hundred years old. And there's very little foreign and very little Christian, if any Christian influence at all, in that village. And so we believe God's preparing the way for us to go there and create relationship with the people and show them how good God is. We're not going there to make them American Christians. We're not going there to beat them over the head with the Bible. We're going there to love them. We, we have a, a friend. He is, he's been a missionary in China for, I think, 25 years, he and his family. And he says he has seen in Asia, and you guys could probably think the same thing of us in the West, for a person to become a Christian, a, a true Bible-believing Christian that follows God on their own for the course of their life, they need typically three things. They need a love encounter, a truth encounter, and a supernatural encounter. Because if you just have a love, then, you know, it's just kind of ooey-gooey and that's it, you know. And if all you have is truth, then you're like, you're just a jerk. And if you're just supernatural, then you're just weird. You know what I mean? All those together is balance. We need balance. And we have seen that with our friend Pibang. She had a love encounter when she met real Christians. She thought Christians were just wacko weirdos and to be feared. And then she met the previous family and said, you know what, these people are actually love. And then really, their, their level of tie didn't go very far, so she didn't quite understand maybe some of what would be a truth encounter. She didn't have enough knowledge of English and they didn't have enough knowledge of Thai to make that truth connection because there's a misunderstanding. I don't really understand. One of the first times, the second time we ever met her, the second time she came to our house, she came to our house crying in the front yard in tears. And for a Thai person to do that, it's a big deal. Some of y'all maybe remember this story. But for a Thai person to do that to somebody she's only met one time before is, is basically unheard of. And she comes crying, and I'm like, uh, you know, what's going on, April, uh, whatever. I don't want to have some strange Thai woman crying on my shoulder or whatever. So April comes out there, and as April's going to talk to her, that's when April said, the Holy Spirit put it on her heart. She will never have this experience again. The reason she was crying was because the previous family, she thought the previous family was leaving at this time when they really left earlier. And because of the lack of the Thai language understanding, there was a miscommunication. And she thought they were leaving, say, on Tuesday, but they really left on Monday. So she didn't, really, she didn't get to have a real goodbye. And so that's when April said, I'm going to learn her language. She's going to teach me about her culture. One of the things that God told us to do years ago, he said, reach and teach. But then he began to tell us. We began to find out what reach and teach really meant. But then he also said, you need to be reachable and you need to be teachable. But when you go to missionary school, they don't tell you that you're going to learn from the people that you're called to reach. They tell you that you are going to change them and you're going to convert them. And that, you know, there's obviously that is involved. But you don't learn how to be reachable and how to be teachable when you're at least the school that I went to, 
you're told you're going to you're going to conquer per se. That's the colonialism a method of missionary outreach. And that's why Thailand is less than 2% Christian, even though Christianity's been there for more than 100 years. It's because they're trying to take a foreign model and make it fit in Thailand. It's like taking a native, I don't know, a red oak tree and transplanting it into Thai soil and putting it in a Thai climate and it just won't work. It won't survive. And so God's been teaching us what it means to be reachable and what it means to be teachable. Because without truly, I mean, to have real relationship with somebody, you actually find out about their life. You actually sit there and listen. <laughs> I mean, that's, isn't that a basic thing? Of, but, but for me to listen to you, I've got to understand your language. And I've got to... so. That's what we've been learning, and that's how God's been preparing us. That's the preparation of God. One of the first points I want to make about the preparation of God is the preparation of God in you. Think of the preparation that God has made for you to become a Christian, whether you became a Christian this morning or 20 years ago. You can look back and think of the relationships, the connections, the investments that God has made in you for you to be where you're at today. Just think about it. Think about what somebody said to you that caused you to become a Christian. Or somebody that helped you pick yourself back up. You know what? I gave up on God, but you know what? I found out he didn't give up on me. So there's the preparation of God in you. There's a story that we all have. And you think, the, it's a healthy thing to think about it. To think about the investments that God has made in you. Because you know what? He thinks you're worth it because you are worth it. And if God thinks you're worth it, then guess what? You actually are worth it. So there's the preparation of God in you, but then there's also the preparation of God in others. The preparation of God in others. The Holy Spirit is working in people's hearts all over the world, preparing their heart to receive what He has for them. He, he doesn't just come in and blow in and just knock people out. I mean, yeah, he, there are moves of God and things like that, but how often do we see it? Usually it's through relationship. It's through a connection. It's through something that's real to you. It's a, it's a word that he spoke to you. So sometimes we think, well, I'm in a preparation season. That means I'm not quite ready to do something. I'm not ready to... to act on this or act on that or fulfill the call of God. I'm only in preparation only. Well, God, guess, you know, God is so awesome and so amazing. He can, as he's preparing you, he can be growing you up. He can be causing you to influence others. And so the way we see it is God is preparing the way for us to go into Donkai. We see it. We can look back. We've been in Thailand for about five years. This summer is five years and we can look back and see how God has been preparing the way for us to go into Thailand. Just as April was talking about, those people invited us into the village, knowing we're these crazy foreigners. I mean, we don't think we're crazy, but to them we are. We're weird. We ask for some funny things in the building that we're building. It's like, well, why would you want insulation in your roof? Well, maybe because it's 120 degrees out here. I mean... 
the building is it's it's like built like a i mean it's solid concrete i don't know if you you know saw some in the video of the brick some walls we have are like double brick with concrete on the outside and then they just like they just wanted to just throw up a roof and put up a ceiling and that's it it's like well hold on just a minute let's we're going to go to the store we're going to pick up some insulation okay take a lunch break please because I don't want my head just burning up for the next 20 years. So we, we literally did. One, they were putting up part of our, I mean, our bedroom ceiling. And they're just like throwing it. And we just showed up. Like literally, they were getting ready to seal it up. And we're like, just a minute. So we went to the home store and got a, a whole car full of insulation. And said, that's where it goes, guys, right there. Because they think we're just so overboard crazy. But we're, but at least we had enough relationship for them to think we weren't so crazy that they didn't want us in their neighborhood. And so this is a, an exciting thing to see what God is going to do and what God has been preparing for us. We see how even the, the English classes we've been doing and, and obviously learning the language, the English classes, there might be a way where we can... Once we move into the home, when we get back in August, we'll, we'll plan to move into the house. And we, we stopped rent on the rental house that we've been in, you know, in the international neighborhood. And now we'll go back 1st of August, the beginning of August, and move back into, the, move into that, that home, that, that building, and begin a community development project. And that may, that may have some English in it, that may have some agricultural things, that may even have a local little business to be involved in. We have, um, of course, Pibong has been working with us, and she's been obviously instrumental in all of this. That, that none of this would be uh, what it is without, obviously, without Pibong. But we've also, uh, her daughter just graduated from university. She's the first one in her family to have done that. Pibong has a sixth grade education, and I believe her husband, his name is Kung Lung Pon, and uh, he has a third, a third grade education. And so they have spent their entire lives investing in their daughter. Her name is Pinapai. Pinapai, investing in Pinapai so she can go to university. And she just graduated. She will walk later this year. And so she has made the decision, Pinapai has, as we offered her the opportunity to come work for us, work with us. So now we have Pinapai working for us. And she is helping us. She will help us make connections in the village with with English, there's a local school there that um, through, you saw April up there teaching, we've, we've taught, I say we, April has taught, um, I just take pictures, so, and April says, Stephen, I need this curriculum, can you print this out on, on the Word document, I need it here, I need it there, and I need it now, so, and so we do it, and she's written this curriculum that's, that's basically awesome. And it's for Asians that want to learn English. And because April obviously has that experience, she has um, training in curriculum development. So through learning English and all that, she's made a curriculum to teach English to Asians. And so we might be able to use that as a way to connect with the people. English would just be an avenue. But she's been teaching English at, you know, at some local Chiang Mai government offices, some 
some different uh, Department of Justice and that kind of thing. So that's a good way to create more relationships and more connections there and also just learning the culture. We spent, I don't know, was it a year? Uh, it seemed like longer than that, but we would go every Sunday morning, almost every Sunday morning to uh, about 45 minutes from the house when we would go teach English to to these kids and pe- adults from like six years old to 60 plus years old, we would teach English. And that was the basically the best way I've ever learned culture is just sitting down and sharing some of my culture and learning their culture through through English. So that's another way that we see how God's been preparing the way for us is we've been doing these teachings, these trainings of English, and now we'll be able to use that hopefully as a connection and maybe use agriculture as a way to connect with the people. And then maybe we'll even have something of a a restaurant or some kind of a stand where we're just serving some kind of snacks or drinks or something as a way to connect with the people. And so we've designed the, the building, our home, to, to have a place for the, some people to gather. Maybe we can do one day. There'll be some, uh, maybe some Bible studies or whatever. But the goal is not to have a building that we put a cross on where April or I are the pastors. That's not, that's not what we're about. What would, what would excite us the most is to hear Pibang and someone else sitting in one of their homes studying the Bible together. That's a church. That would, that's what we're aiming to see is whole families doing this together and not some white person standing up front leading the way. It's, it, we want to do this through, uh, through someone like Pibang and we see how God's been preparing the way. So in our, in our scripture here, we can see, it says, clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. We see that as a way, we see God really as a spiritual wilderness. When you're in a wilderness, you're exposed to the elements. You have no direction, and you're completely exposed to the elements. But then it says, make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God. A highway is something that's built for the public to use. The gospel is available to all. And that's what we want to see done in Donkai. Straighten the curves, smooth out the rough places, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed. This is something we've been speaking over the village of Donkai. There's maybe, people ask us, how big is Donkai? Well, I don't have, you know, I don't know, but it's probably... A couple thousand people probably live in the village of Donkai. Our friend Pibang, you know, she lives in one section of Donkai. And our property, our building is in another section of Donkai. But it's all a very close-knit community. Her family, I think it's her husband's family that they live next door to us. So they know us. Our next-door neighbors, uh, one of the people that live next door to us, he is the engineer or has been the engineer over our project. So he is very welcoming of us. He'll come into our into the building the last few weeks of us being there. He'd come in and he'd say, oh yes, I'm going to sit down here at your bar and I'm going to let you serve me hamburgers and pizza and all of this. You know, he's excited. He has a little Japanese restaurant next door and he's like, oh yes, you, you must teach me how to make American hamburger. You know, and so he's very excited. We have a couple other neighbors that are kind of like, they'll just say swadika and then they will go. 
you know, and they don't quite know us, but we're, we're hoping to create more relationship with them. And, but once they find out, we know their language and that kind of thing, that takes down a lot of barriers. And so his name, our next door neighbor's friend, the engineer, his name is Du. Du is someone that, that you could pray for. Peabang and her family is uh, some other people that you could pray for, that their hearts would continue to be prepared. Peabang is growing in her confidence of, of being a Christian in this environment. She is, she is one of maybe two or three or the only Christian in her entire village that is steeped in superstition and dark philosophy slash religion. Buddhism is not so much a religion as it is a philosophy. It's one that says you have to earn merit on your own to make, if you earn enough merit, then you'll reach nirvana, paradise, if you do good enough. But if you don't do good enough, then you come back again as a, I guess, as a human and you continue to earn enough good merit to, to become to, to get to nirvana. So if I know that you all pray for us, but specifically Pibang and her family and then her daughter, Penapai, and her husband, Lung Pon. We're looking for ways to get Lung Pon more involved in what we're doing. You saw in our video the chickens. We had a little miniature agriculture project in our yard, in our rental house. We had a chicken coop, and uh, we had six Hens and uh, six hens, you know, lay eggs, and then two, as they call them, city chickens. And those city chickens are ones that are bred specifically for, um, as we call it here, cockfighting. Not that we do cockfighting, but Peabong's husband, that's like, uh, he just, that just floats his boat totally. So <laughs> he gave us one chicken, one of the city chickens belongs to Peabong's husband, and he said, oh, yeah, we'll call him good luck because he, he lives in the big, fancy chicken coop. So we called him Choke D. Choke D means good luck in Thai. And so he had good fortune, apparently. Because the chicken coop we had, you know, April got the design off of what else but Pinterest. <laughs> they, you know. And so, uh, I mean, it was fancy. It was like they laughed at us. They're like, why in the world would a chicken need, like... <laughs> like a solid roof over its head and all this stuff. And so we had the chickens and that was just a way of us kind of getting sort of acclimated and preparing us for village life because the chickens, you know, they just roam free and all that stuff in the village. And so we've we've kind of... And then Peabong started to plant different things with April and the girls and they had, you know, we had different plants and stuff. So we may start that again in the new property some of that, and that may help us begin to kind of get acclimated to life in the village and a way to connect with the people. There's different ways that you can connect with the people, but it's about prayer. It's about using prayer as a way to prepare people's hearts because without their heart being prepared by the Holy Spirit, they will just be unresponsive. I mean, think about your own life. There was a time when you were not responsive to the Holy Spirit, not responsive to the gospel, but there was one day when you were responsive to it. And that's from God preparing. That's from the Holy Spirit preparing your heart. And so if God is that interested in investing in you, how much is he also invested in preparing the hearts of people that live in Thailand? A completely Thai Buddhist village, hundreds of years old, 
there's preparation that's necessary for their hearts to respond to the gospel. And it's what is required is one of the things that is required is prayer. Prayer is required to prepare somebody's heart to respond to the Holy Spirit. And I'm asking you to pray, to pray for Pibang and her family and our neighbors that they will see the glory of the Lord. As it says there, the glory of the Lord be revealed. And then as we go through on down into verse 10 of our, of our text, it says the sovereign Lord is coming in power. He will rule with a powerful arm. He brings his reward with him as he comes in. Verse 11, to me, this is showing the heart of God. It says, he will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms. God wants to carry the people of Donkai like a shepherd carries a lamb in his arms. He wants relationship. Holding them close to his heart. That's what he wants with you. And that's what he wants with the people in Thailand. And that's why we have spoken this out. That's why we continue to speak this out. So people's hearts can be prepared. So the preparation of God. There's preparation of God in you. There's preparation of God in others. But there's also preparation for God to reach the people of Thailand. And thank you for helping us do that. You'll see in the bottom of your notes right here. It's a quote by John Stott. John Stott. One one gentleman said, if, if the evangelical people had a pope, they would elect John Stott to be the pope of the evangelical movement. Maybe you've not heard of him, but he's kind of like a Billy Graham in, in, in his own right, or he was. But he says, he said this, we must be global Christians with a global vision because our God is a global God. God isn't an American God. God doesn't operate on the American dollar. He doesn't, you know, fluctuate. His economy doesn't fluctuate with the American economy. He is a global God. Um, Revelation 7, 9 says, we don't need to look it up, but he's, basically the Apostle John said this. He said, I saw a multitude that no one could count of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. Worshiping God before the throne. So if you want to say that is God's vision, that is God's ultimate dream, is to see people from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. We have the, sometimes we think that we're from America and we're just so amazing and so special, but we're actually only about 4% of the world's population. There are few countries that have done more good than the United States of America, yes. But God's dream is to see people from every tribe, every people, every nation worshiping before the throne. Throughout Psalms, throughout the book of Psalms, it says, the people that you have made will come. All people that you have made will come and worship before you. That is God's dream. What's your dream? What's your vision? God's vision is for every person everyone to come and worship before him so if I could encourage you to think think about God's vision challenge yourself to think about other people groups and what their status is with the gospel what their status is not and how they need prayer 
Jesus said to continue to pray. He said this, not just one time, but he said it in a way that should be done over and over. Pray for laborers to be sent into the harvest field. Pray for laborers to be sent into the harvest field. And the way he said it was, not just one time, but it's a, it's, a, it's a command for something to be done then and on into the future. Pray for laborers that they would be sent. And that word in the Greek could also be to be ejected or thrust out into the harvest field. All of us should be involved in missions in one way or another. Send or be sent. Pray. Help send or be sent. That's our role. That's God's dream. And ever since, we know the Bible says before the foundations of the world, Jesus was the lamb that was slain. Jesus was the lamb that was slain before the world was even made. So God knows everything. He sees everything in his eternity. But before even Adam and Eve sinned, God has been preparing for that that gathering of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. God has been preparing that. And you're part of God's vision. So the preparation of God has been before the foundation of the world for this gathering of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. And your prayers, your prayers make a difference. Don't, Don't think they don't because they do make a difference. That's why Jesus told us to do that over and over and over again. Pray for laborers. Pray that Pibang would continue to grow in her confidence. We ask you to do that. Pray for Pibang's family. Pray for the village of Donkai. God's been preparing us and you guys were such a huge part of it. Five years ago, you sent us out, and look what God has done. It's not look what Stephen and April has done. We would have failed long ago, but it's the grace of God and its relationship, its connection. It's God preparing the way, and you guys have helped prepare us. And as you think about us, as you think about our, our friends, our new neighbors, we ask you to just pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for us. It's it's a great privilege to represent Jesus in Thailand and to come back and share the the progress with you guys. um, it, It really does mean the world to us. And as I said in the beginning, that's why we come. We want to personally say thank you for your prayers and thank you for your financial investment. You know, they say the gospel is free, but the pipeline to get it there is not free. And unfortunately, us Westerners, us Western missionaries, our standard of living is, is you know, kind of high. So we maybe cost a little bit more money than the, an Asian missionary would or something like that. But you, we, we couldn't do it without what you guys do and what you guys I mean, just thinking about us and praying for us means the world to us. So thank you. And uh, as I close, I just kind of want you guys to think about what we're talking about this morning, the preparation of God. I want to, you know, I want to pray over you before I hand it over to Pastor Scott.
And I just kind of want you all to be thinking as I'm standing up here talking, the, the preparation of God that God's done in you for you to be where you're at today. And also what it's going to take for God to move on hearts of the people in your life that you're believing God for. I mean, there's surely somebody that you're desiring to see walk in the fullness of God that you believe that God has for them. Maybe somebody in your family, a friend, a neighbor. But then also, as we were saying, we, we need to be global Christians with a global vision because we serve a global God. Maybe there's uh, something in your heart, maybe even just stirring a little bit about beginning to pray for laborers, beginning to pray for the people of Thailand, the, the Christians in China that are persecuted. There's, we could talk on and on about it, but maybe something you believe God needs to prepare your heart for a little bit more to just warm up more to global missions. Um, we would love to inspire people to go themselves. Well, I mean, we've been there for five years. We're not veterans, but we're, we're not brand new either. We're learning more and more every day. But if somebody else could say, well, if Stephen and April Eicholtz can do it, then praise God, I think I can do it. <laughs> if Stephen Eicholtz can learn Thai, then just about anybody could so I just want to give you guys just a few minutes maybe to think about the level of investment that God has put in you and how grateful that makes me to think about what God's done for me but how awesome would it be to, to one day meet somebody in, in heaven from Thailand or China or Pakistan or wherever that says thank you your prayers help prepare my heart for the Holy Spirit to invade my life. And I was never the same. So let's just pray. And I want to I just take a couple minutes to pray and take some time. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're thankful. First of all, we're thankful. We're thankful for the preparations that you made, the investments that you made in us what's been required for me to serve you in Thailand the people of Thrive have helped us do it and you've prepared them to walk with you Father but you're also in the process of preparing people in Dong Kai, Thailand to come to know you you're preparing the hearts of cab drivers in Saudi Arabia grandmothers, grandfathers in China people that are crying out for truth they're crying out for the truth they're crying out for Jesus and we pray that you would answer those cries Father you would send out laborers into the harvest field because you know who they will listen to you know what's required to prepare their heart prepare the hearts of those people that are crying out for you in Concord, North Carolina and throughout planet earth Father so that we can be a part of every tribe and tongue and people and nation that will worship before the throne of God one day and your dream will be fulfilled.
Help us to be a part of that. Help us to be a bigger part of it, Lord, in ways that we might be resistant. Help us to no longer be resistant. If you think there's just something that God is stirring in your heart about missions, about going, about praying, about sending, about supporting a missionary, just let the Holy Spirit work on you and show you what that is, what that means. Just walk with Him. Let Him take you through that process. Father, we're just thankful for the opportunity to share what you're doing in Thailand and May the seeds that that you've put in there in our hearts, just may you water them over time and may they grow strong and may they bear fruit in the right season, in your season, in the right time, in the right opportunity. We pray these things, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Amen.